All right, everyone, and welcome to a special Ian Hates Conversations. This is live and in person in the Ian Hates Studios, which I think is funny. I'm sure Austin will find that funny as well. But this is returning friend of the show, Austin O'Brien from the band Ghost Key. Austin, how are you doing, man? Hello. I'm good. I'm very good. That is very good to hear. We're here drinking Carlsberg, uh, which I've never had before. I wish they would sponsor us now. Yo, Carlsberg, get on it. What are you doing? (laughs) Come on. I've never, I see now I'm going to buy Carlsberg because I came to Ian Hates and had Carlsberg. There is no reason they shouldn't sponsor you. That is a perfect plug. You are a natural. (laughs) (sighs) I know all about branding, baby. That's right. (laughs) Well, man, thank you so much for coming over to the Ian Hates studios, as I said, which is much better than saying my one bedroom apartment. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel you. Um, you know, Ghostkey Studios is wherever we can find a practice or whoever's apartment we're writing music in at the same time. So I, I totally understand. We're in the same boat. It does sound way more luxurious, though. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, that is very true. And what I'm really excited about is we are doing this show pre your actual concert that's going to happen tonight at the art gallery that is right near my apartment. Yeah, yeah, out of the blue. We've never played there before. We've actually only played Boston area, Boston proper once. Yeah, once on at the, the on the Vanator. Yeah, when the we, Bright when, Music Hall. Yep, yep. That was the first time we'd ever actually played Boston. We always played uh, Worcester. Yeah, I was thinking if you want to say greater Boston area, you can kind of include Worcester. Okay, so. <laughs> yeah. So technically, yeah, if you're if you're counting like suburbs and stuff, we've been here before, but. Never like Boston proper. I don't know if people consider Cambridge Boston proper, but we're here. Kinda. Yeah. It's, it's closer, closer than Worcester. Yes, much, much closer. But we were talking about this off air. Everyone in the band right now was having trouble finding parking because it is basically Boston. Yeah. Um, so I'm probably going to get a handful of texts about, uh, you know, me being the lead singer and not loading in <laughs> and not finding parking. So. Uh, really just fueling the fire on that one. That's that's where we're at with that. You definitely fell into a stereotype. Yeah, you know, and I uh, I do my best to uphold it. <laughs> I, I don't want to disappoint anybody. <laughs> do you normally help with load-in? I'm assuming yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, like, to to so I don't get chewed out later. <laughs> I don't always help because, like, I do get caught in conversations with like kids who come out to the show or, or whatever and podcasts. Um, yeah, I get caught, you know, doing podcasts or, or whatever. So not all the time. Uh, and, and I get my fair share of grief from the rest of the guys for it, but I, I obviously help when I can, but right. there, there are a lot of times where I get caught in conversations and stuff and, and it, it's cool though. Like it's, it's cool that like people care enough that they like want to pull me away from something that I don't want to do anyway. So, <laughs> you know, if you're doing that, thanks. Right. I'm just waiting for them to pull you away from this. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they'll have to drag me out of here <laughs> if they want to do that. Because I've got beer. There's um, Carlsberg here. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, Carlsberg. Uh, <laughs> premium beer from Copenhagen, 1847. It is hilarious. I wish They should pay me. What's going on here? They really should. They really <laughs> should. I, I have no qualms with uh, you getting a paycheck. It's about time. Yeah, right? It really That's kind of where I'm at. It's a... <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to get a paycheck from the band. I'm going to say the same thing. <laughs> if Carlsberg wants to send Ghost Key free beer, I'll take that in lieu of a paycheck. There you go. 
that's actually probably going to happen before they give me anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, this is actually a lot of fun. This is the second time you've been on the show, and I looked back in the archive. You were on the show in February about a week before If I Don't Make It actually hit stores. Yeah. Yeah, that must have been actually right before we left for tour then. Yeah. Because I know we did that out of my apartment uh, through Skype. Yeah, that's so, right. So, yeah, I, I, we were probably, like, just leaving, or, or I was about to just leave. Right, and that was for the Silent Planet tour, right? Yeah, yeah, the Silent Planet headliner. So please tell me a little bit about that. I mean, obviously that had to be an awesome time for you. Were there any times on the tour that really kind of stood out? Um, Yeah, I mean, the, the tour overall was great. It was, I mean, so far... Besides, like, the Vanna tour we just did mm -hmm. was one of the best tours for us. Nice. Uh, as far as, like, exposure and, like, getting to meet new people and getting a lot of new kids, like, on board with the band and stuff. Um, times that stuck out. Yeah, it actually, something that immediately comes to mind is um, this sort of just speaks to the character of, of the guys in Silent Planet. But we uh, we all had an off day. I can't remember where it was, but they were... Uh, super adamant that we all met up and we all go see a movie together which you know cool awesome like nice. let's have a good time uh we we show up to the movie theater and they're like okay we're we're buying all the tickets oh that's and great. and so they ended up buying you know uh four bands worth of movie tickets wow. for everyone to see uh the the new Star Wars movie uh, or new at the time um and yeah it was just like holy crap like why why are you so nice like we don't deserve this at all you've already done us a favor like bringing us on the tour and wow. but yeah that's just like the kind of people they are they they want people to know like how much they appreciate them and and they really care about them and yeah it was a good time uh shout out to alex he bought me uh, a chicken finger dinner <laughs> which i'd never done the whole dinner in the movie theater thing yet so right was it actually good or did you get sick afterwards no actually it was solid food nice that was that was the surprising thing i was like okay you're gonna pay like 12 bucks for this dinner and it's <laughs> just gonna be crappy and tastes like 7-eleven food um but no it was good it was really good uh and then i think there he ordered like a bunch of they were like some kind of like thai spice egg rolls or something in the dude movie honestly theater? that movie theater had clutch dinner <laughs> like it was so good i was i was stoked i was really stoked where were you i can't remember i i want to say that we were in like new york somewhere okay but i'm not i'm not entirely sure i can't i can't remember I, all i know it was like an off day and it was oh you know what no it wasn't in new york it was corpus christi texas i was about to say texas yes. yeah okay yeah 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 i don't know why that just came to me maybe because that town has a weird name but that is true. yeah it was it was corpus christi texas like i think everybody drove like seven out because the drive from one day to the next show you know we had an off day was like a total of like 14 or 15 hours and i wow. think that town was right in the middle of the drive and sure. so they were like okay well everybody just drive there and we'll meet right in the middle and hang out so oh yeah nice. it was great it was a good time that's awesome well what do you think of the movie we got to talk about that for a second dude um so like myself and chris especially uh are like huge star wars fans right um and uh it's for those of you that don't know what movie is it was rogue one right um absolutely blown away literally like I, I couldn't have wanted more out of a Star Wars movie. And it and it was so cool. I, I keep telling everybody if they haven't seen it 
or you were like questioning it, even if you've never seen a Star Wars movie, it doesn't matter. If you like Saving Private Ryan, you will like Rogue One. It is the purest war film based in the Star Wars universe that you could ever ask for. Right. It was so cool. That makes sense. Yeah, it it was great, man. I I was big, big fan. Well, look, maybe you might convert me, and I will watch it on Netflix. You're not a Star Wars fan. I know. You're going to walk out. I understand. I'm upset. When you... Are you like a... Are you a Trekkie? No. No. I'm more Farscape, if anything. I mean... That's fine. I'm not upset about it. I, you know, I like Stargate and 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 like stuff like that. Right, so right. No, I'm not just, mad about it. I saw Star Wars, and I've talked about this on the show as well. Yeah, I saw Star Wars for the first time when I was like 16. Okay, so that was the tougher part for me. It didn't connect to me the way it did for people that saw it when they were younger. Sure. So well, and also when you're 16, you're stubborn and you don't think anything is cool. That is very true. Basically, so. it was Scream and Beavis and Butthead. I mean, yeah, I like those things too. <laughs> that so that's that's fair. But yeah, I mean, you should definitely check it out. It's, I will. It's it's very very good. Even if, like I said, even if you don't like Star Wars, right? If you just like war movies, like Rogue One is is the perfect sci like sci fi war movie. It's Interesting. Great. Okay. Yeah. I mean, when you looked around my apartment, there was definitely no Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think of that, and I, and I, now that you mention it, yeah, it's like plenty of nerd stuff. Yep. No Star Wars stuff. Tons and tons of nerd stuff. That's okay though. That's okay. We we recently like within the past couple years we converted our guitarist Steven. Yeah. He's not like a diehard but he does enjoy it. Uh when we were recording if I don't make it. Here's a fun fact. Ooh. Um in the studio there was like a little lounge and we had like a big screen TV and some couches and mm-hmm. uh in between doing I I think we were working on drums or something I can't remember. Uh we marathoned all of the Star Wars movies. <laughs> so we watched, and we started from episode one, you know, mm-hmm. rest in peace, not super great, but right. started with episode one and just went all the way through. Uh, and and he was like, wow, I think I get it. And he's a Lord of the Rings guy. So, ah, okay. So it was pretty tough to convert him, and, and obviously Lord of the Rings still is bread and butter. But, right. yeah, it was cool to watch him finally understand, like, where all of our joy comes from <laughs> when, we, when we see Star Wars. Is there any other type nerd thing that really you know, encapsulates you the same way Star Wars would? Uh, I mean, like, I don't, I don't know that it's, like, any one specific thing like okay. Star Wars is, but uh, I, I've been playing video games since my dad bought himself uh, <laughs> a, a regular Nintendo, right. you know, back in the very early 90s. So I was probably two or three years old. That was my first exposure to video games, and pretty much since then, uh, that's, if I'm not, writing recording or, or like performing music or, or doing something with music uh, i'm likely playing video games uh, right. i spend a lot of time streaming uh we i do the twitch thing now yeah. right um and and like yeah we we got like a whole discord channel uh which is like a it's like chat and, mm-hmm. and voice over ip uh and it's just full of band guys and we just play video games pretty much every single night for like six seven hours a night so wow that's, I guess, my other, like, really <laughs> nerdy habit. And, and bicycles. I care a lot about bicycles. Oh, that's right. You did mention that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you actually get to do the Twitch and actually play video games when you're traveling to the different shows? Like, do you have something set up in your van? How do you work it? No, I don't get to do... It sucks. I, I don't get to do Twitch unless I'm at home just okay. because of, like, internet limitations and stuff. Right. Um, 
video games are few and far between. It's pretty much just based on do I have enough time after load-in, uh, you know, to sit around and for a couple hours and get a couple games in or, or anything like that. But I did spend, like, a healthy amount of money on a gaming laptop uh, like a year and a half ago. And oh. So I bring that on tour, and, and I do get to play when I have the chance. But, yeah, I don't get to do, like, Twitch or anything while I'm on the road. And as cool as that would be, there's just, like, too many limitations. Right. No, that's very true. And you seem to be out on tour a lot. Yeah. Yeah, we've been gone... Um, excuse me, the Carlsberg. Uh, <laughs> we've been gone a lot this year. Yeah. Like every time I look back, I'm like, "Holy crap!" Um, this is tour number like five or six. Yeah. Uh, and I I think at this point we've been gone just around. I think it added up to like four or five months. Wow. Um, total. So about half the year. Yeah, because that Vanna tour was really long. Yeah, well, because it was split the way, and so the way that it was split up, it made it even longer. Right. Because um, we did like four or five shows, and then we were by ourselves for like three or four days, mm -hmm. and then we did like four or five more shows, and then we actually had like two months off. So then we did uh, a Gideon tour right. in between. Um, Came back from the Gideon tour, then had like another month, and then we hopped back on with Vanna, and it was again, it was like five shows, three or four days off, and then we had like four or three shows in Texas, right. and then that was over. So it was like stretched out over a really weird period of time, and we like went home in between and stuff, but it, it was pretty long, and it was yep. sick, honestly. It was, I mean, next, the Gideon tour was great, and I love that band and everything, mm -hmm. um, but. You know, it, there's just nothing like playing, like, a sold-out show to, right. for a bunch of kids who, like, are just, like, diehard Vanna fans. And and our message kind of fits in with Vanna, so mm -hmm. it made a lot of sense. It was it was very cool to be the only band they chose to be on the whole thing. Yeah, I thought that was really, really interesting. I remember talking to you briefly. That was the first time we met in person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that Bright Music Hall one. And I remember specifically saying to you, and I don't know, I did want to ask you this, if they continue this trend around the tour. But Vanna had said while on stage that they were handing off the torts to you guys. They didn't choose Sirens and Sailors. They didn't choose anyone else. They said, we're handing off the torch to Ghost Key. Did he continue on with that, or is that something he just yeah. said once? Um, that was So that was actually like a thing that was not, like nobody told us he was going to say that. Right, right. Um, but yeah, he said that almost every night. That's and awesome. That was something that he had kind of said to me in person mm -hmm. at one point was just like, you know, we're done and and like we really believe in your guys' band and like we really want basically just to pass everybody that likes our band on to you. And whether that's, you know, that's the case or not, that's up to the kids who came out to the shows. But um, most nights... I would only watch like part of their set. Mm -hmm. I mean, they played like an hour and a half or right. whatever. And so like I would watch part of their set. I would do my little guest vocal part when I could. And mm -hmm. uh, and then I would go sit and, and relax. But people started telling me, you know, he's been saying this every night. And, and apparently I just wasn't catching it. <laughs> I, I guess, you know, whatever. It was just missing that part of the set or, or whatever. And I heard it probably three, four days in. And I was just like, that's that's like a big that you know that's a heavy thing to say like right and a lot of weight to put on us but we had like a full conversation about it uh me and Davey or Davey and I 
excuse my grammar, but <laughs> uh, Davey and I, and then Nick and I, we, we all kind of were just sitting down, and I was like, you don't have to say that. Like, you know, we're just here because, like, you, you guys – for whatever reason are dumb enough to bring us like you know you don't have to say like those super nice things and and he just like reinforced like how much he believed in us and like he was like you know we say that because that's why you're here you're you're the only band on the whole tour because we want these people to just carry over to you guys we we believe in your band enough and we think that you're carrying the same torch that we were and and it was like really overwhelming but it was it was cool and then we came back a couple months later and we did the other half of the shows, and he said the same thing, and I was just like blown away every night. I mean, they're they're our friends now, but it's still it's a band that I've looked up to. You know, I mm-hmm. it it's a band that I I care about their music, and I I care about everything they've said even before I knew who they were as people, and and so to hear that come out of their mouth was just like really overwhelming, and and I'm really thankful for it. It was very very cool. I guess from when we talked before. I wasn't sure how well you were at taking compliments like that. I'm not. Not <laughs> at all. Usually when people give me compliments, uh I I like do the you know, like the awkward like enjoy your movie and I'm like, You too. Exactly. And then I'm like, damn. <laughs> so that's it's either that or like I just try to deny it. And I've been getting better. Mm-hmm. Um it, especially like with strangers because like they don't know me and they don't know like my sense of humor or lack thereof. <laughs> And so when they're like, yeah, like, you know, I loved your set or whatever, I'm always just like, yeah, for for sure. And so, like, now I just try to smile and say thank you and, like, you know, be proper about it. And um, then that ends up me saying thank you, like, 30 times. Right. Because I'm, like, so overwhelmed by people's support, like, all the time. So I, I'm getting better at it, but it's definitely it's something that needs work. <laughs> well, I think I can tell even in this short amount of time, that there is definitely a change in you. Absolutely. Well, that's good, I think. Yeah. I hope so. I think it is. I think. It's I mean, I, mean, I think stuff. we can all, like, I actually, I say this on stage all the time, is, like, we can all, like, do more to be better people mm-hmm. and be a better version of ourselves. And, like, I know that that's something I've, I've not always been good at and that I'm, I need to work on. And so, like, I'm always trying to work on, you know, different little parts of myself. So, I guess... Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to live by the things I say, which is not always easy to do. Um, but I'm here and I'm 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 trying to live my best life. That's what our our guitarist keeps saying as a joke. But it's there's some truth in that. There's some truth in that. That's true. And I would say from seeing you live and then going to see you live tonight, you definitely do a good job of putting that stuff, that positivity out there in between tracks as well. Yeah. Um for us it's like if you don't know our band or you don't know much about us, like I talk a pretty healthy amount when we play. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's just because I have gone to enough shows in my life to realize that people don't always take advantage of like having a microphone and they don't always take advantage of being able to say something. And so we started doing that a long time ago, or, or, or at least I, I did. And I was, I got a lot of encouragement, you know, from the guys, they were like, it's really cool. Like you should keep doing that. And, so at this point it's it's like second nature to me but mm-hmm. there's going to be lots of burps from the Carlsberg but <laughs> See, now a, they're not going to like hearing that. Yeah, well but that's like a compliment in some cultures so <laughs> um but yeah. So like it's it's kind of hard because a lot of times people will be like wow like 
there's like a lot of negativity in like what he says, but it's it's like negativity that you like it's so easily spun into positivity. So like mm-hmm. for instance, uh when we play the song Indecision, I like always tell people I'm like you are the only person that matters. You're the only person that you have to count on and that almost everybody is going to let you down. And that's it's it's an unfortunate truth, but it's true, you know. It, I I've seen it enough in my life and 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 that doesn't mean that you know you should like abandon your friends or like forget about the people you care about, but right everyone is going to let you down that's that's the truth like they they're not always going to be there for you when you need them and 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 that's okay because they're doing their best and the only person that you can always count on is you i mean you're going to let yourself down no doubt but you can always count on yourself to fix your problems and right. to help yourself and to do better for yourself and so it sounds negative when i say it but when you i think when you really think about it mm-hmm. it's it's not because i'm just encouraging you to believe more in yourself instead of putting so much stake in other people. Right. And and a lot of our messages are like that. It sounds negative at first, but when you really think about it, it's not. It's encouraging. True. And I guess I've never thought of your music as negative. I've always thought of it as truthful. And yeah. sometimes the truth is negative, but it also has to be said. And that's what I've always liked about how you've connected with me through your music. I don't find it depressing. I find it uplifting, like you were saying, because... I know that someone else is going through something similar yeah. to what I've gone through or what I'm going through. Yeah, and that's like that's how it should be. Is is I I I, also, I, ugh, I often tell people if if it's anything, it's cathartic. Mm-hmm. It's it's a release. It's it is depressing because that is the way I feel, and that's that's I mean, literally everything we've ever written is just the thoughts that I have whether those are in the moment or they're long-term, something that doesn't go away, it it's depressing. But the reason that I say them is because it's so much easier to just let it out right. than it is to just bury it. Mm-hmm. Because I buried it for a long time, and, like, that never helped, and it just made things worse. And, and I started to find out, like, there is a lot of positive that has come from me letting out my depressive thoughts or, right. or, or like all the just crazy, like out of this world stuff that happens in my head, you know? And, and, and like you said, it, it, people start to identify with it and you're like, yeah, I mean, you know, this song is talking about me wanting to kill myself or, or it talks about, you know, the, the struggles I have with losing people and blaming myself. But then you find out so often, it's like all these other people have felt the same exact thing. And there's so much positivity in that because you start connecting with other people and you like start forming these friendships and bonds with people. I mean, look at us. Like, right. you know, we didn't know each other before this and I started to say something or whatever. It's We played this music and like now now I can come to Cambridge and like I have a friend here. So That's right. Like, there's a lot of positivity in that, in, in being able to, to be open and honest. Yeah, I think the weirder notion would be the people that are always extremely open about their positivity no matter what's going on around them that seems way more unrealistic to me i used to be that way really and and yeah oh yeah and it was that's exactly what it was it was a mask it was um i was constantly like i would always tell people like yeah like i you know i feel so great today and like everything's just going to be better and like it'll always be great and and it was really just a way for me to like try to hide the fact that 
like on the inside, I was just tearing myself apart. Right. And I, you know, I, I think that there are some people that are just unreasonably happy all the time. <laughs> and, and that's great. I, you know, not more power to you. If it works. Yeah. I, I do. It makes me really nervous when, especially if it's somebody I know who they start, they go into like that, like unreasonably happy state where everything is like positivity. And I, like I said before, there's just there's a lot of a lot of good that can come out of being open. And right. when you just try to be like this one emotion all the time and you ignore everything else, it it's not going to make anything any better. You can't you can't ignore everything that goes on inside your head and you can't just like push it deep down. And positivity isn't just going to kill like my depression right. as much as I wish it would. It, it's that's just not how it works. Absolutely. And I guess that's a question, too, that we can get to now with all the positivity that you've had because of the new album and how well it's done. And then these amazing tours that you've been on. Do you see that affecting the way that you write in the future? Um, yeah, I mean, so we're, we're like in the process right now of writing a new record. Um, awesome. You know, it's like too early to say when that'll be out or right. or whatever. But we are writing a new record, and we're always trying to be writing. But there, I think on the next one, I mean, it's still going to be my life. It's still going to be my experiences. But I think that there will be some songs that maybe show off some of the more positive, uh, I guess, side effects of being able to do this. Right. Um, I mean, I, I can... I can scroll through my lyrics right now and tell you that still 95% of it is, is just things I'm dealing with on a daily basis or, or struggles I'm having in the moment. And I think that's what will always be, but there are definitely, whether they get used or not too is, is, you know, that's just a matter of if we decide they do or not. But yeah, I, I've written some stuff where it's very openly like, you know, how much this has helped me and, and, how far I've come from where I used to be. And and even sometimes that stuff gets masked under like like more perception versus like what I meant when I wrote it. And mm -hmm. cause like Solstice on the, the current record, that's like a really positive song. And right. a lot of people don't know that, but that song is literally all about acknowledging who I used to be and like how bad things used to be for me and how much better they got when I let go of all of that and tried to move forward. That's right. like the very bare bones version of what that song is about. So sometimes like the positivity that I write about gets sort of lost in translation, I think, which is okay. Like yeah. I, I want our music to be vague and broad and I want people to be able to take whatever they get out of it instead of me having to spoon feed it. But right. yeah, there there's like a lot of positivity already in our music that I think gets lost. But yeah, I think there'll be some more straightforward, uh, I guess, words about it on the next one. That makes sense. And it's not like everything is just going to change because people always seem to think that there's one remedy for everything. And when people are dealing with depression or they're dealing with things that don't seem to just, they don't just leave you. Yeah. It's something, you know, that's why they say depression is a disease and mm -hmm. you have to go through it, you know, one day at a time. You look for the positives and things, but it's not something that just goes away. No, not at all. And I don't, I don't know that it ever will. Right. Um, I have friends who have said that 
certain things have have like cured their depression mm-hmm. and and they've been able to move past it and and that's awesome for them. I don't know how true that is for everybody right or I mean one thing I know that is is it doesn't work that way for everybody that every single person is a different case mm-hmm. uh and they need different things to be able to function um uh, at you know at 100% uh for me I don't need medication or at least I don't think I do uh right. a big part of me being able to deal with this is being in a band mm-hmm. but not everybody has that so you know, some people need to go to a doctor and they need medication. Uh, friends of mine need to go to therapists, and, and I know that's super helpful for them. Um, but I, I think the best thing that's ever happened to me and being able to deal with my depression is is being able to openly talk about it, like on a stage and with people I don't know and stuff, and being able to identify with people. That's, I mean, I am much better off than I ever have been, and it, and it continues to be that way because I get to do this. Right. Every night after you're done with a show, especially if you think it went well, do you feel almost like a weight's been lifted off your shoulders for a little bit? Do you feel that like cathartic kind of nature of that? <laughs> That's the Carlsberg. I just I wanted to get the pop. It was perfect. I need um, to isolate that sound. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I do. I do feel that way. 100%. I mean, there have been days where I am deeper than I want to be uh, inside my own head and, and things are just doesn't it doesn't seem like they're going to get any better and mm-hmm. they'll only get worse but then we play the set and like there's just like an explosion of energy it, it all just like comes pouring out and sometimes that's physical sometimes it's emotional um, and then it's over and like I just kind of breathe and I'm like wow like that it's it, and just sort of like awestruck because it really does like it helps so much and then and then the conversations start to happen you know i I get to start talking with kids and stuff or i always say kids and that's like (laughs) a general term but um i get to talk with like the people that are at the show and like people start sharing their stories and like we just get super deep in a conversation and and like yeah it's there's like a huge weight that just comes off every night and it doesn't matter how heavy it is the next day because I can just look forward to like, yeah, I just get to let it all out again tonight. And it's like unbelievable. Is there like a withdrawal at all when you don't have a show that night? Do you have any other ways that you get out? Is that when the video games help? Is that when, you know, just actually writing helps? Yeah. um, So this is actually something that kind of came up in conversation with a friend uh, when I was at home and and he was asking, you know, how do you deal with like not being on tour? Mm Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to explain to people who, like, you know, they're not in my head. They don't understand how I, how I work or how I function. And so, like, when I'm at home and I don't have this, I'm not able to do this. Like, it is tough. It's it. There is, like, a withdrawal period there. And, and I want so bad to be back out and to be able to do this. And, like, sometimes I'll get so low. Like, my, my depression will just come on super hard and... And I feel like I can't deal with it. And, like, it's hard for, like, my girlfriend. It's hard for my friends to to be, like, you know, like, what can we do? And I'm, like, there's nothing you can do because, like, I know what I need, but I can't do it right Mm now. And so, yeah, like a withdrawal, I mean, that's, like, a huge thing. It's it's a really tough thing to deal with. And, like I said, it sucks because people care about, you know, they care about you. They care about me. And, like, they want us to be better. But 
when we can't have the thing that helps us, they feel sort of helpless. Right. And, and they feel like, you know, well, where do I fit in or, or, or why why can't I do anything to help? And, and it it only makes them feel worse and it sucks. That's a really hard thing to deal with. But yeah, I mean, the, the withdrawal is real. That's a real thing for sure. I mean, there, there's a lot that goes into playing music and there's a lot that goes into our performance. And a big part of that is, you know, you've got all these things firing and, and like endorphins and, and I mean, just down to like a chemical level there. It is very much like a drug. Like people don't, people don't really think about it like that, but it is, it's, it is very much like a drug. There is a high that, that you get from being on stage and being able to perform. And when you don't have that, it's very, very difficult to deal with. No, absolutely. And yeah, to go back a second to what you were talking about with friends and family who always want to help, there's really nothing they can do for many people. Yeah. It's just, if you have an understanding, that's really the way it's going to work. And I talk from personal experience with Mm -hmm. that as well. It's just you can't do anything about it, and you just need to understand that. Yeah, yeah, and and that's like something I have to, I have to remind people a lot of times. It's just like, you know, the thing I need from them is just that they understand. Mm-hmm. They understand where I'm at, and and I don't need them to to reinforce anything. I don't need them to to. I I don't need much of anything from them outside of understanding. Right. I just need to know that they know where I'm at and that they will hear me if I need them to. Mm-hmm. And I've been very lucky to have a, a very strong support system full of people who are willing to hear me when I need to be heard and who are willing to back off when I need my own space. And, right. uh, yeah, that's super important, and I'm, I'm very, very lucky to have that. No, that's great to hear, man. Well, now it's so weird because how do you transition from that to other things? <laughs> <laughs> All uh, you can do is laugh. All you can do is laugh. Yeah, impossibly. That's how. Yeah. Um, well, let me go the weirdest path maybe possible then. I didn't recognize you when you walked up to me today because <laughs> you have cut your hair. And I have I, cut the mane. The mane is gone. I saw that on Twitter, and I was like, oh, wait a second. Was he only joking maybe? And then it actually happened. You know, the, a lot of people thought I was kidding. Yeah. I don't know. So <laughs> I, I found out basically because I posted a Facebook status, and I was like, hey. I leave for tour like tomorrow mm-hmm. and I just need somebody to just take some clippers to my head and just buzz her off. And I didn't know this about myself, but apparently a big part of my identity was my hair. <laughs> and this came as like a shock to me. I had no idea that people were so attached to the thing that was on my head and I'm just like I'm getting like comments from like family and friends and like strangers and they're like no like don't do it what do you why would you do that and I'm like well number 1 like it's my head yeah and why are you so attached to it and number 2 like wh- like I am me like I don't need <laughs> I don't I'm not really sure why there's like identity in my hair right. but yeah, it was that was a really bizarre thing and people thought I was kidding. Like you're you're one of like probably fifteen people who are like, Oh, like good joke, like he's gonna cut his hair. Let me tell you, long hair looks awesome. It sucks to maintain. Exactly. It sucks, dude. Yes. Like every day, like you're brushing it and like you have knots and like if you don't take a shower like once a day, it's like super <laughs> greasy and you look gross, like 
it's super tough to maintain right. it. And I had it for like three years, and I was like, you know what? It's time for a change. I'm just going to do away with it. We'll see what happens. And I don't, yeah, people are still freaking out about it. Like, I can't believe you did it, man. And I'm just like, I, I'm just here. Like, I'm just, I'm just doing my best. Right. Like, and, and I'm, I'm super happy with it. So, well, yeah. I mean, I know you to have the long hair with the hat on. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I saw you with the hat on. So I was like, yeah, there's Austin. Like, oh, know. it's like tucked in his hat. No, yeah. no, it's not. It's still a hat guy. <laughs> Just without the locks. Yeah, if you had shown up without a hat, I would have been like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, I I was not wearing a hat like yesterday. And somebody was like, where's your hat? And I was like, I don't know why. And they were like, well, you don't go anywhere without your hat. Right. And I was like, that's a good point. Where's my hat? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I do, I've always worn a hat. Like, ever since I was, like, 13, it was yeah. like, I used to get grilled by my mom because I was like a, I mean, I still, I still ride skateboards and stuff, mm -hmm. but, like, I was, like, skater kid, and so... Everywhere I went, didn't matter if it was 95 degrees out, it was like beanie in the summertime. And so I was like beanie guy for a long time. And then I switched <laughs> to like caps. But yeah, everybody knows like I don't, I, unless like we're playing a set, which now I can wear a hat because it doesn't fall off. Mm -hmm. But if we're playing a set, that's the only time like I'm not wearing a hat. Right. Um, but it makes it very easy to collect hats, which is like a thing I do now. So, oh, well, actually, I was going to ask. The hat right now is a very nice one. It's a Wayne's World hat. Yes. So what is your collection like then? Um, so it's not super big. Like, I, I, it's not like a thing I put like a lot of thought into. Um, but it, it, it's just like, wow, I always wear hats. So like I just constantly have like a rotating uh, repertoire of hats to use like a fancy word. Um, yeah, so I got the Wayne's World hat. Uh, I got a Ghostski hat right now on nice. deck. Um I like really what I've been trying to do is just do friends, like friends bands, friends like brands, stuff like that. So I've got like the Silent Planet hat, I've got a Dayseeker hat, uh, got the Gideon hat. Like, yeah, I'm I'm just like it's it's a real easy way to like rep my friends. The Wayne's World one was only essential because uh, shout out to my friend Dan Maroney. He runs Vintage Messenger. It's like an Instagram where he sells like thrifted clothes. Oh, okay, and. He found the Wayne's World hat, like dead stock, brand new, never been touched. He sold it to me for 15 bucks, and I was like, I got to. Like, nice. it's like one of my favorite movies of all time. That's so understandable. I had, to, I had to buy the hat. That's absolutely understandable. Look, I seriously thought when you went from Wayne's World to saying that you were wearing Friends hats, I seriously thought that there were literal TV show Friends hats that you had a collection of. I'm sure of. that exists. Like, I don't doubt that it I watch Friends every night when I go to sleep. Yeah, yeah. I've got like uh there's like three or four Netflix shows that like that's what's on yeah. when I'm laying down and and Friends is one of them. Now I'm going to tell you something that might shock you. Here's a little trivia for Friends. Did you know that any time that they are in Joey's apartment, Joey and Chandler's apartment, there is a six-pack of Carlsberg on the top of the fridge? No way. Yep. Never knew that. You're going to notice it all the time. Yeah, now I'm going to see it literally every time <laughs> I watch it cuz it's it's always Friends, The Office, ah. It's Always Sunny, or Futurama. Those, oh, are my, those are my four shows when I lay down and go to sleep. That's what I watch. That's a good damn list. That really Thank is. Thank you. Thank now, you. My, my sad thing about Futurama is I love Futurama, but Comedy Central plays it all the time, but it always seems like it's the exact same episodes every yeah, single time. Yeah, yeah. We don't have cable anymore. Oh, but okay. when I did, I noticed that. I was like, okay, I have seen, like, I, I feel like the one where... Uh, they go underground and like that's the first time they ever meet Leela's parents. It yep. was like I've seen this episode like twelve times in the past week. 
So yeah, I, I think that there might be some truth to that. There's a little bit of it for sure. But look, I'm just hoping at some point maybe someone listening can send you a Ross hat. That would be that would be <laughs> sick. Just like Ross's face. Yeah, just Ross's face. Maybe or even like a friend. Like even if it's just a friend's logo, like let's go. Like I'll wear it. I'm sure they make. I'll this. happily wear it. <laughs> I don't I don't get very many gifts, but when I do, I freak out about them. That's a big thing, gifts. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like a thing for like big bands like uh my friend Ashi he plays bass in the band Beartooth. Oh. Uh Oh, just he, that little band Beartooth. I got you. Yeah, just yeah. you know, uh, not to like not trying to name drop, <laughs> but like people probably know who they are and care about them cuz right. they're a good band, but Absolutely. Um he just got like a bunch of Star Wars stuff. Like a girl like I think it was a girl. I could be totally wrong, and if I am, I'm so sorry. But uh, a person bought probably three or four hundred dollars in like Star Wars, like what? pops and figures and T-shirts, and like wow. brought it to a show and gave it to him. And I was just like, "Dude, no way! That's insane!" <laughs> I've gotten like a pop figure, which is so sick. Right. That's right. like I don't deserve like <laughs> gifts. Like I literally am just out here doing the thing I care about. Like I don't, you know, you people bring me gifts. That's insane but yeah when i saw that i was like holy crap cassie thrasher is like a girl that comes to a lot of our shows mm -hmm. super great she brought me a dragon ball z pop that's awesome uh like i think earlier this year or last year and, and i like freaked out about it um and i know that somebody on this tour his name is justin blair he's bringing me a pop oh cool uh, another dragon ball z pop so I, i'm pretty stoked and, and and like i freak out about that stuff because i don't deserve that at all well now i've learned that the main goal of ghost key is not to spread the word about your life and what you've gone through no. and to make people feel good. It's about gifts. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It, it's <laughs> literally, like, if you bring us gifts, like, that's all we want. We don't care if you like our music. Don't buy our merch. Just bring <laughs> bring us gifts. That's all, we, that's all we want. It's Christmas every day when you're in Ghost Key. That's, <laughs> I hope that's a new motto. It's Christmas every day that when on you're a in Ghost Key. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, now I have to do it, Dragon Ball Z, tell me about it. Is that a big thing for you then? Because you're getting yeah. the pop figures, so I'm assuming it. So tell me now, favorite season of Dragon Ball Z? Oh, man. Um, it kind of depends because there are different reasons why I like different seasons. Okay. Um, if you're talking about, like, Frieza Saga, mm -hmm. uh, the reason that I like that that so much is because it's just like balls to the wall like action packed um but then you talk about like cell saga and cell saga is just like heart wrenching yes because like here you have like cell and he's like the perfect android and he's literally just wiping the earth this is so nerdy that like i, I don't care that like i'm like this emotionally invested but that's how it is like it like cell is like literally wiping the earth clean yep. and you're just losing like z fighters are dropping like one by one mm -hmm. um as he like absorbs them and like it's just that is like the perfect amount of like emotional weight for dragon ball z right uh and so yeah i i like different seasons for different reasons i i would say like emotionally i i think i'm more attached to the frieza saga more than anything because okay. of the amount of like emotion that's in that season sure um I know people don't like Dragon Ball GT. I know that's like, it's like a big like, no, no, we don't do that. <laughs> I, but it's it's still cool to me. Right. Uh, I understand it's not canon. That's fine. But 
I'm not gonna pretend like I don't watch DT and like right. I don't think it's like Super Saiyan Four looks so sick. It really does. Like, I mean, talk about long hair. Yeah, yeah. Like you are like the the like actual manifestation of Uzaru. Like it's so sick. It's so cool. So I yeah I, I get pretty nerdy about Dragon Ball Z. That that was like the first anime I had ever seen. Yeah. Um, I watched it on Toonami as a kid. I, I know people know what Toonami is, and <laughs> yeah, it, it was super important to me. I came home from school, and that was what yep. I did every day. Is I watched Dragon Ball Z. I remember freaking out on my mom for not having it recorded, like I asked. It didn't have DVRs yeah, way to back go, then. Mom. Yeah, didn't have DVRs back then. But yeah, look, I've been doing multiple shows for years now. And I have not gotten to talk about Dragon Ball Z, so that's why I latched on really? to that. Oh, yeah. I would do a show. I would do Ian Hates Dragon Ball Z in a second <laughs> if I had any time in the world to do yeah, it. Yeah, I yeah. Yeah, man, That's it's always been like a really big thing for me. Yeah. Um, my girlfriend, like, always, she's always, like, goofing on me about it. She's like, oh, well, you know, there's, like, that episode that's, like, four episodes long where he's just, like, putting his hands in the air. I'm like, look, please don't talk about the spirit bomb like that. <laughs> Like, that's just not, we don't need that. Honestly. Like, it's important. You're just making motto after motto. If there's not a ghost key shirt that says, please do not talk about the spirit bomb like that. <laughs> like, it's, it, it is. It's something that's really close to me. And, like, my mom, my mom always, like, encouraged me, like, as a kid to, like, like to latch on to things. Mm -hmm. And she she was always just, like, you know, there's no shame in collecting things and there's no shame in, like, really caring about something so like if something like really means a lot to you like don't let people put you down for it exactly. and like it doesn't matter if it's the goofiest thing in the world like you know invest in it and so like she always bought me like the dragon ball z figures and like she'd buy me dragon ball z t-shirts and like bedspread and like like because she just she knew like even at like 15 16 years old she's like yeah you still care about this mm -hmm. and like you know that's cool who who cares like if people call you a nerd like right. it's cool that you actually have something to care about does your girlfriend still like the dragon ball z bed covers i wish that we had it <laughs> i've there's been a few times where i like i've like thought about like low-key ordering it off mm -hmm. of like think geek or, or wherever i can find it and right. like it just showing up and being like hey like i bought this like what do you think but she would be so upset. Right. She would be very, very sad. <laughs> the only nerd thing that we share is like Harry Potter. Okay. Um, she's like a diehard, and and I do like it a lot. So we we have some Harry Potter decorations. Uh, I have like my corner where my like computer and stuff is, and like <laughs> that's where I get to put all of my like personal items. Like I have like a lost poster and yep. the, the Dragon Ball Z pops, and like my gaming computer and like. I get my corner of the apartment, right. which is fine. Like, I don't have much. I always, like, joke, like, if I ever move out, like, I have a corner to take with me. Right. I don't I don't really own much, so she gives me my corner, and, and I'm okay with it. I, I like my corner. Those Funko Pops are so popular now. Is there anything else that you would also collect besides Dragon Ball Z? Um, there. So, like, my whole philosophy with, like, the, the Pops was do one thing at a time. Because if you don't, you're never going to have all the ones you want. <laughs> so, like, right now I'm doing Dragon Ball Z, um, and I'm trying to get all of them that aren't super rare. Like, I'm not going to do, like, the Comic-Con ones. That's right. just out of my price range. Mm -hmm. But trying to do all those, uh, and then I'll probably do, like, the Rick and Morty ones. There's yep. only a couple. Um, I'd like to do the Twin Peaks ones. Oh, sure. Uh, we have a Twin Peaks 
shirt on this tour. So oh, nice. I, okay. I'm a big Twin Peaks fan. Um, I wish I could talk yeah. more about that. I have not been able to see the new season. Uh, I haven't actually watched the new season okay. yet because I want to be able to sit down and watch the whole thing. Just go straight through. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. that's how I did the first two seasons in the movie. So nice. I, I want to be able to do the whole thing at once. Uh, it's it's on my list. We're home after this tour. We're home until February. So Wow, that's um, a long time off because you're done end of October, right? Yeah, yeah. So okay. we get home, and then we're doing like a ton of writing nice. and pretty much doing writing until – tentatively we go into the studio in february oh okay um assuming wow. that that happens so right, right. yeah yeah like you know nothing's set in stone but we're we're hoping to do we're gonna do a, a full-length record nice full month in the studio in february um but yeah outside of that we actually like get time off and it's gonna be so sick i can right. catch up on tv shows yeah. i've got like <laughs> a list of games that I bought that I haven't even touched right. that I need to finish. Like I can imagine. Yeah, there there's a lot that's gonna go into my like couple months off. And then obviously like I'll be working a bunch right. and like actually making money. That'll be cool. <laughs> well, I did want to ask since you're talking about possibly going back into the studio soon, how has your relationship been with in Vogue? Were they really happy with the way the album went? Like how have they been with supporting you? Yeah, in Vogue's been great. Right. Um I mean, we kind of knew going into it that they were going to be, like, really on board with everything because mm -hmm. when we sent them, uh, if I don't make it, like, b before we'd ever, like, sign the deal or whatever, um, we sent them the record and we were like, hey, we're sending this to a few people. Like, we just want to gauge people's interest and see where we're at. Um, you know, is this something you'd want to put out? And, and Nick responded within, like, f five minutes. Right. He, he had, like, listened to, like, two songs and was just like, Yes, we want to do it. Please, like right now. Like, we'll literally right now we'll do it. And so we were like, holy crap. Like, they're like on board. Yeah. And uh, we just like started talking to them. And like, it was just very clear out of all the, we we had a couple options that um, you, you just like with anything. When, when you work with somebody, like you want them to like be invested. Mm -hmm. Like you, you don't. You don't want them to like be half-assing it, right. because if they do, like, y you're just like doing yourself a disservice, and like it's just kind of a waste of your time. And and so, when he was like on board from the get-go, we knew that's where we wanted to go. And so, yeah, fast forward, the record comes out. Uh, we find out that we did. I'm not. I mean, it wasn't like an astronomical amount. It wasn't even like a crazy amount. Uh, I want to say we did like 300 copies for his week which yeah. is you know if we were like counterparts that's like terrible but for a band like us um that was the best first week he's ever had for a band doing a first record awesome um and, and i mean yeah so it's our first full length um and then like life to and, and i'm super like transparent about this like yeah I, people ask all the time and like I'll, I'll tell you how many records we sold i'm not like ashamed or or afraid to talk about it right. uh because i i think that like that information being public like it, it helps people sort of understand more about like being a band and right. like what it takes and mm -hmm. what it means and stuff but i think last time i asked which was a couple months ago we were life to date we were at like almost a thousand records nice um which is awesome like yeah, yeah. I, I i never thought like in a million years that we would sell more than like 20 or 30 i mean we did like tapes five years ago when we first started, and we made like I think thirty or forty, mm -hmm. and and like we 
we got rid of those after a few months and I was like, I can't believe we sold that many. That's so crazy. So <laughs> the fact that we're at like almost a thousand records, uh, and, and it's not even been a year since the records out, yep. like I'm stoked. I think it's sick. Um, yeah, it's been great. So we're, great. I mean, we're going to do probably do another record. I can't say definitively. Um, but based on our contract, like it'll probably be within Vogue again. Right. And we're, I mean, we're super happy yeah. to do it with them again because, oh, yeah, they're, they're great. They've been super awesome to us. Yeah. You hear stories sometimes, you hear those horror stories about labels and bands and things just not working out. Yeah. So it's good to hear that they're behind you, that they were really happy with, you know, everything that went on. So. I'm glad about that. Yeah, and and I think like I think the horror stories a lot of times can be attributed to like faults on both sides. Not yeah. always. Like there are people out there who are just going to screw you or like not do super well for your band or whatever, but like I think that people don't understand that sometimes like it just doesn't work. Right. Like there there for some bands it just clicks and it works and like they sell a lot of records and labels super happy mm -hmm. or some bands like the label does everything they can to move records, but that band just doesn't click. Right. And and it's not always anybody's fault. Sometimes it's both parties' fault. Sometimes it's one. Like there's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes and 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 stuff like that. That's I don't think people truly understand. Very true. And 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 we try to talk about that stuff. Like I yeah. said, we're super transparent. Right. We we try to because. I think it's better for everybody. The more you understand about how the music industry works, like it's just better for everybody. No, very true. I had a Ian Hates conversations with uh, Nicholas Mishko, who is the owner of 10 and 8 Management. It's the first time I've ever talked to anyone who wasn't a band. Yeah. And that actually was really enlightening because he talked about all the behind-the-scenes stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I was wondering, for instance, and I'm sure you know more about this than even I do, just how to get people to come here to Boston for shows yeah. and how you have to work with a promoter and a booker to get that done and how many things have to fall in place to get that done. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's oh, yeah, I crazy. mean, all the time, like, we get, like, well, how come you didn't come to our city? It's just, right. like, yeah, I, I, I don't think, I think people, like, don't really understand, like, one, there has to be, like, a demand. Like, yeah. somebody's not going to put us on a show if they're going to lose however much money. I mean, it's, we don't get paid very much anyway, but... You know, you got to rent a venue, and that's like a couple hundred bucks. And then you got to pay the band, and then hopefully find. Like, There's just so much that goes so into much. it. Yeah, people don't don't always uh, fully understand like the scope of how things work. Right. And and I think, like I said, if if everybody did, it would be a lot easier yes, on everybody. It would be. Well, let me ask you this then, kind of to wrap things up a little bit, because I just realized how long we've been talking, and we probably have to get to the show at some yeah, point. Yeah, I'm sure they're loaded in by now, so <laughs> I've, I've definitely missed that part. That is for sure, but that was the goal, though. Yeah, 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 that's the only reason we, I came over here. I only agreed so I could get out of loaded. You didn't even know about the I didn't, Carlsberg Yeah, I didn't point. know. See, uh, so here's the thing, Carlsberg. I didn't know there was going to be beer here. <laughs> and I came here, and now I'm going to drink Carlsberg, so give the man some free booze. That is right. That's absolutely right. Well, tell me now, this is your headlining show, your headlining tour. How did you get together with Cold Front to do this in the first place? Um, wasn't our choice at all. So, okay. uh, And I don't mean that like, oh, yeah, we like, didn't oh, want to do hate it. Them. Um, no, they're great. <laughs> so this got talked about, I don't know, six months ago or so. Um, and, and basically the whole reason we're doing this tour is to see where we're at 
as far as like attendance. Mm-hmm. How how many people do we as Ghost Key bring to a show? And the reason that that question gets asked and the, and the reason we're doing this tour is that when we want to do a bigger tour, I, you know, with whatever, not not that we're doing an August Burns Red tour, but say we, we want to do an August Burns Red tour right. and they're like, okay, well, how many people come to your shows? We can say definitively, mm-hmm. well, we just did a headliner and, you know, we did... Uh, 45 this night, 70 this night, and then we can average that number. And so they get a rough idea right. of how many tickets they're going to sell if they put us on their tour. Yep. And that is, I mean, again, that's how the music industry works. Mm-hmm. They, people want to know that you can at least get some bodies in a room, which is totally fair. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we started talking about this and, and why we were going to do it, where we were going to go, how we were going to set it up, and we were actually going to bring Rival Choir. Um, oh, sure. A band that some people know, some people might not. Super good band yeah. if you don't. They're from Texas. Uh, great band. We were going to bring them out, and then it just sort of, there was like some logistics issues, and they weren't going to be able to do it exactly when we needed to do it, and it fell apart, whatever. And then uh, our booking agent, Eric Powell, was like, well, what about this band? And we were like, oh, weird, a, a pop punk band. We don't normally do that. Sorry, Carlsberg. Um, and we kind of sat on it for a minute, and, and, and Eric wanted to, us to do it because I think, I mean, obviously, number one, it's it's one of his bands, so it makes mm-hmm. it easier on him. But uh, I think he wanted us to do it because it would really show, okay, Cold Front, probably going to bring a few pop punk kids. Right. But there's no crossover so like it's you know we're not like fudging numbers here right right because our demographics are different mm-hmm. um and then also because uh, a couple kids who come out for cold front might like us and a couple kids who come out for us might like cold front right. so yeah we eventually agreed to it and uh it was honestly it was a great decision i'm glad we did because uh we didn't really know like how they were as people or how mm-hmm. it was going to go and we met up the first day and, and immediately it was just like yeah Yep, these are they're great. Like we love these awesome. people. Uh and <laughs> we were drinking the other night. We were having a couple beers and I said, uh, you know what's crazy? And they were like, "What?" And and I said, "We've only been we've only been friends for 4 days." And they were like, "Wow, you're right." And <laughs> and so like, yeah, it, it was a good decision. They're nice. they're a great band. Uh they just got a new singer. His name's Ian. Uh he used hey. to play in a band I like. Uh yeah, yeah, shout out to Ian's, right? <laughs> Uh, he used to play in a band I like called Profits uh, oh, okay. from Canada. Super, super cool band. Um, turns out he can sing just as as well as he can yell. So nice. Uh, yeah, they're really talented. Yeah. And as far as pop punk goes, like uh, it just doesn't like get much better than a band who can like rip. Yeah, they they crush it like every night. So it's it's been really sick. Good. Uh, and and it was a really good decision on our part, I think. And and so far, like the shows haven't disappointed. We've We've been bringing out, I think, more people than we anticipated. Nice. Um, which is like a hard thing to gauge when you're in the band. But, uh, yeah, it's it's been really cool. And be prepared. Tonight's going to be a little weird. Being uh, I mean, in we're playing gallery. in an art gallery. Yeah. The promoter texted me earlier and said, uh, we can't load until 7.30. There's an African drum circle. Yep. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay. Like, that's not normally a thing that happens before, like, a hardcore <laughs> show. So... Yeah, I, I'm I'm a little prepared. Like it, it'll be good though. I'm I'm excited. 
Yeah, you're not the first person to say that. When I had Rarity on the show, they actually went and played over there as well. Word. And the same thing happened. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Same thing. So it'll be nice. There's no stage. It's the closest thing to a house show yeah. you're going to get. Just without, I mean, we're no stranger know. to like you know playing in art galleries and churches and houses yeah. and, and everything. Everything in between. So, like, yeah, it's pretty. Uh, I think standard fare for us. That makes sense. We're not. Uh, we're not like the band that people think we are. Where it's like, oh yeah, they just play like big, big, huge like stages and we on big tours and yada yada. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> we've been we've been playing venues like this for like five years. <laughs> we're we're very used to uh, pretty much anywhere somebody can shove our gear. Like that's where we'll play. Well, the online rumor that I heard when you're talking about what band you are. I heard that your counterparts. Yeah, <laughs> I actually I t- I don't know if you saw my tweet, um, and I I think I just said like oh, how many times are people gonna say that we're counterparts before I start agreeing? <laughs> I don't know why that is. I think because, I mean, I, I part of it is because like I think kids' frame of reference is like so small. Very true. Um, because. I love counterparts. They're like one of my favorite bands. Like I have to preface with that. Like I'm not talking shit when I say this, but they rip off of all of the bands that I love, which is why I like them. You know, it's like Saints Never Surrender, Misery Signals. Put it all together. Yeah, yeah. Shyloud, like all that stuff. So I and I don't think that when kids hear counterparts, they're like, Oh, it sounds like misery signals. I don't think (laughs) they know who misery signals is. Right. So their frame of reference is like, oh, band uses reverb. And calls themselves like melodic hardcore, so must be like similar to counterparts. But but I've like started to look at it this way: like if that's what you think we sound like, that's a huge compliment because right. that band is on its way to being like a legacy band. Right. They're gonna be a band that in like twenty years, people are like counterparts. Like nobody did it better. Right. Um. So yeah, it's it's a compliment to me, and and. It also a lot of times when kids say that to my face, it gives me a chance to like educate them on the bands that counterparts looks mm-hmm. up to and that right. we look up to. And like I said, it's like Misery Signals and yep. Shyloud, the Carrier, stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it's it's only a little bit annoying, but <laughs> I understand why. And when I was a kid, I did the same thing. Like, right. I I remember seeing bands that sounded nothing like what I was telling them they sounded like, and I'm sure they thought the same. They're like, okay, you idiot, like. <laughs> You're just being a dumb kid. So, yeah, it, I appreciate it, I think, more than anything. I'm not upset about it. I didn't think you would be. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have brought it up. Yeah, yeah. No, it's <laughs> it's all in good fun. And like I said, Counterparts, it's like one of my favorite bands. Right. And, you know, shout out to them. That's I, I, I've been listening to that band before before Ghost Key was even a thing. So, oh, sure. Uh, sure, I mean, there's probably some influence in there, no doubt. Like, I'm not upset about it. No, absolutely not. Well, look, man, I think it's about time to call this because I also listened to some Cold Front before and I enjoyed them. So I definitely want to see them tonight as well. So I thank you for bringing them to me. Yeah, of course. Of course. I'm, I'm glad they're here. Yeah, that's really awesome. And awesome, man. This has been a lot of fun. We actually didn't tell people. We'll see how much I have to tweak it. But if you did hear an echo or something on a different track that wasn't supposed to be there, it's because Austin and I are in different rooms. Because for some reason, my voice and his voice pick up on the different tracks for some reason. I'm not sure why. 
We're just here, man. We're like I said, we're living our best life. That's right. We're just trying to do our best. And we're trying to give the best to all of you haters out there. So thank you very much for listening. Austin, thank you so much for coming back on the show. I'm gonna have links in the description of the episode for all of the things Ghost Key. But I know I've asked you this before. What is the best way right now for people to support you? Um, at this point, come out to a show. There buy some merch. Um, more than anything, like Let's have a conversation. Uh, that, that's ultimately why we're in this. We right. just we want to meet people. We want to create bonds, make friendships, uh, and and I want to hear, I want to hear just how bad your life is because I want to be able to encourage you the way that people have encouraged me. There you go. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, endless, endless thank you to anybody who's ever come up to me and told me that that we should keep going, and I want to be able to do the same for people. I don't think we can leave on a better note. So, Austin, thank you so much for returning to the show. This was awesome. Thanks I'm for sure having me. People are going to love this. Carlsberg's going to love this. <laughs> Carlsberg better love this. That's right. I think it's going to be good. And for anyone who's expecting a long intro and long outro, we're not doing this because that was in person. So hopefully I can get this out sooner than the way I would normally do it. So once again, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you to Austin. Make sure you go out and see a Ghost Key show. I'm about to do that, and you know I'm going to talk about it on Ian Hates Music as well. Austin, do you have any final words for everyone? I got nothing. All, all I got to say is Carlsberg forever. <laughs> and I will leave you the way I always do, long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone.